Well, my message this morning has a very simple purpose. The purpose of my message is to challenge you to participate in our new study of discipleship, which is set to begin in September. So I hope you'll answer the challenge. I hope each one of you will set your mind um, to do that. And um, in keeping with that topic, discipleship, we put forward something a little new at Trinity, kind of a new format for our um, uh, curriculum. And uh, I've given you kind of a sample of it. So that's why the Tableau has such a thick addition uh, um, uh, with it. And uh, Tim Copper has uh, put in a lot of work to put together this curriculum. He's served in that way. We're really thankful to him uh, for doing that. He's worked hard on it. And we're thankful to the Lord for uh, sending him uh, to do that. Um, let me just read you. Let me read you the table of contents because I think that in itself is good. And I, I want to take a little time. Uh, to do that. Um, and these are just different aspects of discipleship. And I think a real strength of this uh, program is it is uh, gives kind of the same balance of how scripture presents the life of discipleship. And I think this reflects that very well. So uh, let me let me read it. I think it's the, your second page in there or the back of your uh, second page. But uh, confirming your salvation from the penalty of sin. You need to be saved if you're going to be a disciple. So that's the first lesson. The method of living life as a disciple of Christ. And that's also a foundational one. It's taking God's word as what it speaks to all of your life. And that's what makes a uh, disciple one who is following uh, the Lord. Proper adjustment to the indwelling Holy Spirit. Having right attitudes and responses to authority. It's an emphasis of scripture for uh, the life of a Christian. Being devoted to effectual prayer. Responding to suffering and adversity. Conquering bitterness with forgiveness. Assuming responsibility for others. And we're going to do two weeks on each of those. So, Lord willing, that'll take us to the end of December. But these are some also future topics of study for this. Um, uh, Gaining and maintaining a clear conscience. Understanding the long war against God, thinking and walking as a member of my church, living in hope of things to come, avoiding and opposing corrupting influences, learning and accepting who you are in Christ, contending earnestly for the faith, employing your God-given gift in serving others, honoring God's design of marriage, uh, drawing God's lines in our relationships, um, and then also the man of God, the godly woman, leading in marriage, leading in the family, leading as a church leader, and leading as a church member. So those are all great topics. They're very practical, and that's a big emphasis of um, this study. There's an emphasis, it's all from Scripture, and there's an emphasis on application. It's kind of organized according to applying these things to our lives. I've given a sample of a booklet that you'll receive soon. Uh, it'll be made available soon, but I, I just chose one of the lessons for this uh, upcoming booklet for the fall, Conquering Bitterness with Forgiveness, and I thought that was a timely uh, thing. But um, you'll notice there, um, there's a section for self-evaluation. In fact, you can give yourself a letter grade uh, for this, and so it's sort of uh, in the spirit of uh, the psalmist, search me, O God, try me, know my heart, see if there any, be any harmful way within me and lead me in the way everlasting. So there's a way to um, evaluate yourself, and then it can be shared with the group according to uh, what's appropriate and uh, useful um, for that. So um, that's a, a little bit of a brief preview of the curriculum that I hope you'll all uh, dive into and uh, and uh, greatly benefit and will benefit from as uh, a church. Also, in keeping with the topic 
of discipleship. We're going to um, reorganize the groups. And I think ideal for this um, for these groups uh, of discipleship would be groups of a size of maybe two or three or four. So sort of small groups, maybe a, some of the groups might be a little larger than that. And so uh, we're going to break up uh, the, the Wednesday night groups that we've been used to doing. Uh, instead of our current Wednesday night group, I think with the exception of the um, Zoom group, which will uh, stay the same. So um, break up into groups is what we're going to do. Somebody near to you, the groups will meet kind of on a weekly basis. That's what it's set up for. It doesn't have to be Wednesday night. It can be something that's uh, convenient uh, for you. And to help facilitate with that, we've asked um, Stephen and Susan, the guy, to help kind of collect the, the different groups, keep track of the groups, figure out which ones might be full if somebody new comes to church and wants to join uh, one. So if you want to participate, you can talk to Stephen or Susan, even today, you could call them up. And then I think there's going to be a, um, a way to sign up probably even next week. That, um, that's something that you can uh, sign up for. And I hope uh, that you all will do that. So we'd like for everybody at church um, to be doing it. It's a little bit new. I've given kind of a brief introduction. You might have questions, so feel free to ask questions about it to me or to the elders or to Steve and Susan or to Tim, um, and we'll answer uh, according to this. But um, I wanted to connect what we're doing with uh, studying discipleship to the mission of the church, the God-given mission of the church, and I'm referring to Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 through 20. So uh, if you turn there uh, with me. Let me read In fact, let me start in verse um, 16. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the resurrection, resurrected Christ. He um, uh, gathered his disciples on a mountain for a very special occasion. They saw him. They worshipped him. And some were doubtful. There's a question about what exactly were they doubtful about? Were they doubtful that it was Jesus? Were they doubtful that he had risen from the dead? Perhaps, but perhaps they were doubtful about what they were about to be commissioned to do. They were doubtful about that. And so the Lord gave them uh, reassurance, spoke about his authority and the, the, him uh, going with them and also gave them a, a command for uh, the church, which he promises to be with, it, with us in it with all of his authority. And lo, I am with you. Uh, always with his uh, authority to save. That's what he has as, as a crucified and resurrected uh, savior. So the main command of this, and it's the mission for uh, the church is to make disciples. That's the main verb of this. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And it's described in these ways, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit and teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, all that I commanded you. So the main command, it's the mission of the church, is to make disciples. Or actually, it's just one word. It's to disciple. It's the word disciple as a verb, to disciple all the nations, to disciple all. 
that we come into contact with or, or to, to seek um, to do that. Now, let me say this about this task of uh, discipling. Jesus did not expect his disciples to make their own disciples. That's not what it means to disciple, is to have disciples of uh, your own. And in that, Jesus was different from the rabbis of his time. The rabbis did expect that. They had their own disciples, and when they were done training their disciples, then their disciples could could have their own um, disciples. Uh, but none of the rabbis promised to their disciples, wherever you go, I'm going to go with you. That's what Jesus promised to his disciples. And so Jesus' disciples, then the mission of the church is not for us to make uh, our own uh, uh, disciples, but to make disciples of Jesus. It's interesting in the uh, uh, book of Acts, Jesus is in heaven. He's ascended to the right hand. And uh, when he was on earth, he walked with his disciples. He taught them. He uh, was with them uh, all the time. And so you might think, since that's part of what it means to be a disciple, to be with um, Jesus, you might think that uh, Christians weren't called disciples anymore in Acts. But no, they're still called disciples. In fact, that's probably the most common word that's used to describe Christians in the book of Acts. It's described, uh, Christians are, are called disciples 30 times. The disciples were increasing and so on, uh, according to uh, the gospel. And in one place, they're called Disciples of the Lord, not, not disciples of each other, but disciples of the Lord. Uh, John the Baptist did have his own disciples. He really did have his own disciples, but that was before Christ came. And even he encouraged his own disciples to become disciples of Christ. He must increase, but I must decrease. And so we uh, know less. So the mission here to go, therefore, and disciple the nations, to go uh, make disciples of the nations is not a, uh, a mission to make your own disciples. It's a mission to make disciples of Jesus, to make disciples of uh, Jesus. Now, let me qualify that a little bit. We are to be examples to those that we are uh, discipling, that we're helping to be disciples of Jesus. We're to be examples to one another. In fact, Paul uh, talks about that in many places in his uh, ministry. For example, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 16, therefore I urge you, be imitators of me. We should be able to say that to those that we are um, helping to be disciples. I urge you, be imitators of me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ, just as I teach everywhere in every church. And a little later in the letter, he uh, says again, be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. He qualifies it a little bit. Be imitators of me to the extent that I'm an imitator of Christ, because really you're following Christ. You're not following Paul, not following Timothy. For us, we're not following uh, each other, but uh, following Christ. Uh, and, and yet we're to be an example to each other. That's an important part of this mission to disciple. Now, let me ask this question about um, the mission of the church and uh, uh, discipling. And that is this, is the church being faithful to everything that we're called to do here in this mission, in discipling, if the church is faithfully providing edifying sermons for the people to listen to, is that it? Are we fulfilling, are we discipling? If we uh, uh, are, are providing edifying sermons for people to listen to, the internet now contains many edifying sermons. In fact, so many that if none were ever added to the internet, you'd have more than you need there 
for an entire lifetime of listening to um, edifying messages. And they might be a little hard to find, but if you look for them, they're there. They're there, and you could find and have uh, edifying messages uh, to listen to. So let me ask this. Is the Internet fulfilling the mission of the church? Is the Internet then making disciples uh, on its own? through the miracle of technology that we have uh, that allows us to listen and benefit uh, from all of, of uh, these things. And let me say, that's not what it means to make a disciple. That's not what it means to make a disciple. The crowds who heard the Lord were not his disciples. Even, even the crowds who heard him gladly and listened to what he had to say, maybe benefited from what he had to say, were not his disciples. There's a difference between faithfully providing edifying sermons, which is a, which is a huge part of the task, and making disciples, making disciples. Um, and so uh, preaching, of course, is, is a central part of the mission of uh, the church, but it's part of what it means to make uh, disciples. So uh, what is the difference then between preaching a sermon and even an edifying sermon, a sermon that benefits people and making a disciple. Let me give you, let me give you two to think about, two differences um, that are involved in discipleship, not necessarily involved in uh, uh, preaching. But making disciples is responsive. It's responsive. It's two-way. It's two-way. Uh, it's not only am I teaching it and are you hearing it, but is it getting through? And so it's to be taught and then to be checked. Uh, how well are you getting it? Where, where might you need help in uh, understanding this? And I think that's why um, we're, we're encouraging smaller groups, even than the ones that we have now. I think that's uh, best suited for that task of being um, responsive so that we're not just uh, talking about making disciples, but actually doing it, actually doing it, actually making uh, disciples. The Lord Jesus walked with his disciples. He lived with them. He taught them how to pray. He gave them responsibilities to minister to others. Like when he sent them out two by two, the 12 and another occasion, he sent out 70 of his disciples uh, two by two. He answered their questions. He asked them questions. He asked them a lot of questions, actually, like, why are you afraid? Uh, why do you call me good? Can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Where is your faith? Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Do you love me? He, he asked questions to his uh, disciples. And, and more than that, those are just some of the questions that he asked to disciples. So discipleship is responsive. It's responsive. It is um, two-way. And I think that's reflected even the way in which it's described here in the mission that the Lord gives to the church. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And so it's not just teaching them everything that I commanded you, but teaching them, it, it says, teaching them to keep, teaching them to observe all the things that I commanded you. So it's not, the, the mission isn't just, am I teaching it? The mission is, am I teaching it in such a way that it's kept, in such a way that it is observed? And so it is uh, responsive. The, the mission for that part is teach them, again, teach them to observe all that I commanded. So it's to be done in a systematic way, you don't need a tool like the workbook that we're uh, uh, hopefully going to put into your hands, uh, but that's a good way of doing it. That's a good way of doing it where it's systematic, where you go through uh, from start uh, to finish all the things uh, and teaching uh, to keep all the things that the Lord uh, commanded us. 
So uh, a difference between teaching, which is really important, really important. We could preach a whole sermon on the importance of that. But a difference between teaching, edifying sermons, and making disciples. The first one is that making disciples, the process, is responsive. It is two-way. That's the first difference. And then the second one I'll have you think about uh, for a moment. It's responsive. It's also reproducible. To make a disciple, according to the, to, to the way that the Lord uh, would have us to do it, is to make a disciple who's able to make another disciple also, who's able to disciple others. And so um, it's also reproducible. And so when we, when we are uh, responsive, when it's two-way, when we try to uh, find out if we're being effective uh, in this, it's not only are you growing in becoming a mature disciple, but are you growing in becoming a mature disciple who's able to make disciples of others, who's able to help others to follow Christ as well? And uh, the Lord spoke of this aspect of discipleship for his uh, disciples that he called from the very beginning. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, very familiar passage, but a good one to be reminded. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Um, a, a, a believer is a disciple. If you're saved, I hope all of you uh, are saved. If you're not then today should be the day of salvation for you. You come to Christ as a sinner. You come with nothing uh, to give. You trust, you abandon all uh, trust in yourself and trust only in him, and you're a disciple now. And a disciple is one who follows Christ with everything, without uh, reservation. And so all believers are uh, disciples who follow the Lord with all of their heart. Peter and Andrew were... uh, not the best examples of, uh, of, uh, at least of, uh, they didn't do this flawlessly, but they did it with all their heart. They abandoned all. And in that way, they were a great example of what it means. They left their nets and they followed after, uh, Christ. But he, being a disciple is not just following Christ. Christ says, it's follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He traces out the whole trajectory, the completion of what it means uh, to be a disciple. He says it in a word picture. I will make you fishers of men. But wh- what does it mean if you if you just say it plainly? If you take out the word picture that's related to their job, um, they were fishermen. Wh- what is what does it really mean? It means follow me, and I will make you someone who helps others to follow me. Wherever wherever that comes in, maybe somebody who's not a disciple at all, maybe somebody who's been a disciple for a long time to help them uh, to uh, follow Christ uh, as well. So this traces out the whole trajectory. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And the whole trajectory is to go from being a non-disciple, as what Peter and Andrew were uh, at this time, to a disciple maker. Follow me, and I will make you fishers uh, of men. And so that's what it is um, every step of uh, the way. Let me take you to a couple of passages that talk about not only being a disciple, but helping others to be a disciple as well. And I'll, I'll do one for men and one for women. The one for men is in 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. I'll have you turn there. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. This is where Paul knows he's facing death. This is the last letter that Paul wrote. And so he writes to one that he has discipled, who's gone with him. He's helped him to be a disciple of Christ, Timothy. And uh, because of that uh, relationship, Paul has actually found a son 
Uh, that's what he calls uh, Timothy, his uh, beloved and his true uh, son. But uh, for Timothy, it's not just to follow Christ himself, but it's to help others to follow Christ. In fact, it's to help others to be not only disciples themselves, but disciple makers. And so these are some of the last words that Paul says to uh, Timothy. Second uh, Timothy 2, 2, the things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also, who will be able to teach others also. And so um, it is uh, uh, reproducible. It is uh, to teach others to follow Christ so that they're able to in turn teach others to uh, follow Christ. Let me turn to uh, one. It's also about the church. It has to do with women. Titus chapter 2 and uh, verse 3. Older women, older women. And so I think this speaks of age, but it also speaks of maturity. It speaks of uh, a mature disciple, and he's speaking here particularly to uh, women. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine. And he could have stopped right there. And then it would have been about what they're to be, what they're to be. And as they follow Christ, they're to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips and not enslaved to much wine. But he doesn't stop there. Teaching what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. And so um, the women are not only to, as they mature, they're not only to pay attention to their own behavior, that it be God honoring, but they're also to teach the, the younger women. They're to encourage the younger women to also follow the Lord not only being a disciple, but also making disciples um, as well. And so this is, it seems like it's for all of the older women, that the, the mature disciples that are women in the church are to be involved in this. I think not every woman enjoys public speaking any more than every man or aspires to it. Um, but each one can sit across the table and talk to a friend about following the Lord. And I think that's what is uh, referred to here. Um, and it's involved in being a disciple and also being able to make disciples, also being able to encourage other disciples uh, along the way. Uh, you may be in a season of your life where the ones that you're discipling is your children. That's, you pretty much have your hands full uh, doing that. And that's uh, um, a most important way of uh, making disciples. But you should remember this, even as you're raising your, your children, the aim of the discipleship that you're doing uh, with your children includes not only helping them to follow them, the Lord themselves, but for them to be able to help other disciples also. That's that's uh, the purpose, uh, because discipleship is uh, re reproducible. So um, discipleship is responsive. It's responsive. That's one of the, the characteristics of it. It's uh, not only teaching, but are you getting it? Are you getting it? Uh, are you growing? And then it's also reproducible. Are you able to give it to uh, others? Two weeks from this Sunday, Lord willing, I've asked uh, Tim to come and give a second introduction uh, to this. So he's going to um, introduce this um, as well and uh, uh, maybe give us some more detail uh, about uh, the way in which the, the curriculum is uh, set up. But uh, I remember... Tim speaking to us, maybe it's some of the first times that he spoke to us here at Trinity. I remember him asking a very searching question. 
why are you still here? I'll, I'll never forget uh, him asking that uh, question. Why are you still here? It's kind of an existential question. I mean, why are you still here at this church? Why are you still here at this church? Um, but also, why are you still here on this earth? Uh, Brad Ray has had an opportunity recently with his uh, near-death experience just a couple of weeks ago, and the Lord was really good to him in preserving his life, maybe to, to look at that question in a, in, a, in a new way. Why are you still here on this earth? And, and all of us, uh, through even through Brad's experience, have an opportunity uh, to do that. Uh, we're here to worship God. On this earth, we'll be worshiping him for all eternity, but it's a, it's a unique opportunity to worship him here on this earth. And uh, he surrounded us with gifts, even on this earth, and we're to worship him. We're to, we're to turn, turn those gifts back into praise and uh, thanksgiving. But you know there's a special task on this earth, uh, a, a task that we're here for uh, in, a, in a very special way, so much so that we won't be involved in it in heaven. And it's to make disciples. It's to make disciples, and even to make disciples of non-disciples. Those won't be around in heaven. Uh, but but that's a, a part of this uh, task. We're here on this earth to give to others. We're here on this earth to give to others. Your life, your service, your home, your, your time, your uh, efforts. And so um, I hope you'll embrace this uh, emphasis on discipleship as a church um, as an opportunity to practice opportunity to practice giving yourself in this, in this uh, most important of ways of giving yourself in uh, discipling others and, and growing in uh, discipling others, being trained to disciple others uh, yourself. Uh, you'll be trained, you'll grow in discipling others to disciple someone maybe who doesn't go to this church, maybe someone who's not a Christian uh, now, um, and maybe because they're not a disciple uh, at all, and yet this is uh, the way of, of reaching them is through uh, uh, discipleship. We're living through dark times, and I think everybody agrees uh, on that. There's uh, just seems to be a, a million different ways of um, illustrating that uh, unprecedented times in my lifetime, but in some ways even unprecedented times uh, in history. School is starting in the fall, public school. Uh, in the fall, and there's some there that are not bashful at all in advancing their agenda, in making disciples of their own, not for good, uh, making disciples in a way that's responsive, in a way that's reproducible, uh, teaching even uh, preschoolers. The only way you can know someone is a boy or a girl is if you ask them, and then all the harm that goes, uh, all of that uh, entails. So it's, uh, it's, it's aggressive. It's, it's activist in that way. So the response of us who are living through dark times, being faithful to the Lord, is not to go inward during dark times. It's to reach out. In fact, it's to push to reach out. Maybe push yourself uh, a little further to, uh, to reach out during dark times. And to reach out, the best way of reaching out is in making disciples, helping others to follow after Christ. Uh, in Sunday school this morning, we looked at Daniel chapter 11 time of uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, which was actually a darker time by far than the time that we are living in. It talks about the people who were faithful to the Lord during that time. Daniel 11, 32 and 33. And I love this uh, passage. The people who know their God will display strength and take action. Those who have insight among the people will give understanding to the many. 
So they came to a dark time, an almost unimaginably dark time. They took it as an opportunity to reach out, to know God, and to give understanding to uh, the many. And so I think today, yes, it's a dark time. It's a dark time. Here's people looking for answers, probably looking in the wrong places for uh, answers and don't know uh, where to turn. Uh, but I think people are recognizing the problems we're facing is of such a kind, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual problem. They may, that may not get them to the right uh, answer, but I think they're looking. And so it's an encouragement for us to be about the king's business, to be pushing to be about the king's business, even in new ways to be providing answers for this. And the answer is Christ. We know who the answer is. And so it's an encouragement to be making disciples uh, together. So let me end with this. Let me end um, with this. As you grow in maturity in a, a, a disciple, there's many competencies, and we've talked about one of the competencies of a disciple. It's not only to be a disciple, but it's to make disciples other as well. But the key competency of a disciple is love, is love. And uh, I'll have you turn to John chapter uh, 13. And verse 34, and this is, of course, what Christ told his disciples when he was showing them beforehand what he was going to do on the cross. And he uh, took on the form of a servant. He wiped the feet and he washed the feet of his uh, disciples, um, showing them what he was going to do in suffering all the indignities of the cross for them, for their sake. And then he said, said to them this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Someone who's not a disciple can't even begin to have this kind of love, the love that Christ have. The, what, uh, someone who's not a disciple, what they call love, isn't even in the same register as the love that he gave a new commandment about, that you love one another even as I loved you. It's not even in the same category as this love that is selfless, that serves the, uh, the other, not uh, to aggrandize the self, but to empty the self, to, to serve others uh, in self-giving uh, love. So uh, my challenge for you, uh, my final challenge uh, this morning in becoming a more mature disciple, hopefully this, this uh, what we're uh, embarking on together will be a help to you that in that to become a more mature disciple to become a better disciple maker, that you approach it with the attitude of not what can I get out of it for myself, but what can I get out of it for others? How can I, how can I approach this in such a way that benefits uh, someone else, that benefits others, either training someone, helping someone to be a better disciple or being trained so that I can reach out to others in causing them uh, to be uh, a disciple and to follow after Christ. So I encourage you to do that. May the Lord uh, bless us and uh, direct us and guide us as we uh, approach this together. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this mission, this task that you've given us of making disciples. Pray that you would go with us just as you promised that you'd make us to be a blessing uh, to others, uh, a blessing of a fragrance of Christ that's pleasing uh, to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.